Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to properly warm up before a round of golf from a mental perspective. You're going to learn why the unhelpful ways that we sometimes warm up can lead to issues on the course and how going at your pre-round warm-up from a place of better psychology will allow you to play better. But before we get into this episode, I have a brand new product that I just released. It's called the Custom Weekly Practice Plan. You give me your stats or your assessment of your driving, approach shots, short game, putting, and you tell me when you can typically practice, and I will hand build you a practice plan and send it to you in PDF form, as well as a customizable template with practice challenges. If you're interested in practicing better and practicing the way I did to get good enough to make it to the finals of a USGA championship, then you need a custom weekly practice plan. Go to joshnicholsgolf.com slash practice dash plan, or go to the link in the show notes to learn more and purchase your practice plan. And if you feel like you need one-on-one work on your mental game, that's what I do. Yes, I host this podcast and I build practice plans, but my actual occupation is working with players all over the world on their golf psychology. If you like these Golf Thought Thursday episodes, this is the exact type of stuff that I work on with players. So if you'd like to take the next step to improve your mental game, then send an email to mentalgolfshow at gmail.com, or you can visit my website, joshnicholsgolf.com. Or if you'd like a less formal intro to mental coaching, you could take the mental game assessment. It's a 15-minute questionnaire that'll give you your mental strengths and your biggest area for mental improvement. It's a great resource to start working on your mental game, and the best part is it's free. The link to everything I've mentioned will be in the show notes of this episode. All right, let's learn how to have a more effective pre-round warm-up. When you walk off the 18th green, which version of your round would make you happier? You fought yourself, tried to fix your swing the whole round, hated every time you hit a bad one, tried to correct the mistake on each new shot, forced yourself to be positive the whole time, second-guessed the majority of your decisions, and just overall were very unhappy with yourself. Or you knew that your game wasn't going to be perfect today, so you allowed your swing to be flawed. You were at peace with bad shots, mistakes came and went and they didn't fluster you, negative thoughts popped in your head and you let them come and go, you went with your first choice of club or read on the green, and if you changed your mind, it was a decision thoughtfully made, and you were just overall more happy with yourself. I personally think that you'd be crazy not to say the second version would make you happier. But the thing is, I've noticed that most of us play our rounds of golf more like the first one. I know I do. So many of the players I talk to in one-on-one sessions describe some way that they're like that first golfer and not as much like that second golfer. But why? If we know that being like the second golfer would make us happier, why don't we act like it? The key difference here between the two golfers is wishing things were different versus being okay with things as they are. I think it starts with the pre-round warm-up. When we jump out of the car and grab the golf bag and hustle to the range and start hitting golf balls, and the only thought on our mind the whole time is those bad shots we hit the last time we played or how bad we want to work on our swing, and we finally have a chance to go hit some range balls, then of course we're going to start working on things and fixing things. This sets 
sets us up for non-acceptance. This sets us up to first see problems and things to fix rather than an acceptance of things as they are. So naturally, when you go from the range to the first tee and you've just spent 30 minutes trying to hit only good ones, then you've created a mental environment where bad shots are unacceptable. Your mentality on the first tee shot will probably be more about needing to recreate that good swing you think you finally found by the end of the range session or that one good drive you ended on. Now ask yourself, does this sound like a way to be more freed up and just let it rip? Or does this sound like you'll be more tense and guidey and protecting against a bad swing? I think a pre-round warm-up filled with trying and fixing and forcing is going to lead to a round of trying and fixing and forcing. It makes it much more difficult to be that second golfer we talked about earlier if you're trying and fixing and forcing. So what would be a better version of a warm-up? I think it could help to go through what I think would be an ideal warm-up, and I can explain along the way. To me, the pre-round warm-up starts before you even get to the course. It doesn't even start on the day of your round of golf. It starts the night before, when you're getting your stuff ready for tomorrow's round of golf. Having everything ready, like your golf balls, gloves, uh, clubs counted, clothes laid out, shoes ready, any extra weather gear prepared, morning planned out for timing of food and travel to the course. This prep work sets you up for being able to just be on the day of your round rather than having to do. The less you have to do, the less you will look for more to do. When you're a hammer, everything's a nail. So taking yourself out of hammer mode allows things to be as they are, not wishing everything was different. So you pull into the parking lot. Instead of immediately jumping out of the car, you take a second to think about what you want to do today. When you cut off your car and it's quiet, you pause for 30 seconds or five minutes and you give yourself a chance to set the intention for how you want today to go, for who you want to be today. This is a great time to remind yourself of the type of golfer you want to be. Like our two different golfers at the beginning, reminding yourself that today I'm going to be accepting of what I experience of my game as it is and of who I am. Now, this sounds like it could be a little out there, a little too emotional for some. I've heard that exact feedback from somebody. But the idea here is that you go into your pre-round warm-up and the actual round of golf mindfully, not mindlessly. Going through your round mindlessly usually leads to making rash decisions and habitually going with any thoughts you have. Now, what do I mean going with any thoughts you have? An example of going with any thoughts you have could be getting frustrated about a bad shot, and instead of mindfully noticing the frustration and letting it come and go, you act on the frustration, however that looks for you. Sometimes we let the frustration carry into the next shot, and it makes us swing differently, or we let it cause us to make an overly aggressive strategy decision, or we just simply stay frustrated and irritable and miserable, and we don't even realize it. I know that happens to me. This is going with a thought rather than mindfully noticing it and letting it come and go. Pausing and setting the intention can be a great way to get ahead of mindlessly rushing. It doesn't have to be a whole meditative production where you cue up the Buddhist monk music and you burn sage and you cross your legs in the seat of your car and grab your toga and all that. 
It can be as simple as taking the first five seconds after you cut the car off to remind yourself what's important today. Something simple like, today is about being grateful getting to play golf. Or, I'm going to really be present today. Or, today won't go perfect, and that's okay. I'm going to take things as they come. So now you've set this intention, you can move into your pre-round routine thoughtfully and not mindlessly. I personally like to go to the putting green first because I like to get a feel for the speed of the greens and ingrain that in my mind and then do the warming up on the range closer to the tee time. Now on the putting green, I get one golf ball and I draw a line on it and I hit random putts going through most of my, most of my routine, you know, putting the ball down, using the line, getting a sense of what this break is going to do, making sure that I like where my line is kind of, that's kind of like the bulk of my routine. I'm trying to mentally warm myself up for what I'll be doing on the course. Now, this can be a bit much at times, especially if there's like 30 people on the putting green. So the real priority here is at the very least spending 15 or so minutes on the putting green, hitting the types of putts that will have the biggest impact on your round. And when you get to any golf course, the thing that's probably changed the most day to day is probably the greens. They might be cut lower, or they might be slower, or it's early, so there's some moisture on them, or maybe it's a different course altogether, so you've got to familiarize yourself with them for the first time. Any of these situations mean that you've got to hit long putts, the types of putts that you'll have for your first putt on most greens, probably somewhere in the 20 to 40 foot range, the ones that require good speed to two putt. And then moving into hitting putts that you'll have for second putts or putts after you chip it on, probably somewhere in the four to 10 foot range. Now this, this varies, uh, depending on you and your stats and your skill level, but 20 to 40 footers and then four to 10 footers. And those shorter putts, those require the subtle details of green reading. So going through your green reading process on a handful of those could be really beneficial. So you're kind of working on speed on the longer ones and then a feel for what these greens are going to do uh, green reading wise. And again, speed is also important on the short ones. So it's just a it's just an overall priority on getting a feel for these important kind of putts. So for me, now that I've taken 15 or 20 minutes to really commit the green to memory, I go hit some chips. And in full honesty, I do not do this enough. It's mostly out of laziness. So for me, this habit is doing something mindlessly of this kind of laziness thing. Uh, the, the mindless laziness, it's an area I definitely need to work on. I'm for sure not going to hit every green. So expecting myself to just magically have a feel for how the turf feels and how the ball is reacting on chips, that's pretty careless of me. So at least taking five minutes to get a feel for some chips would be a thoughtful thing to do. It's something that I need to commit to uh, more of my routine. So now uh, that we've done some putting and chipping and we've got a feel for the greens, now we head over to the range. Now this is where mindfulness really starts to become important because the range is the source of so many potential distractions within our own games. This is where the biggest things can go wrong and make you feel like you've got to make them right before getting to the first tee. So mindfully going through your range warmup is very important. So what do I mean mindfully going through your range warmup? This means having a self-awareness about what you're doing and why you're doing it as opposed to mindlessly going through your warm-up where you're responding to every little thing as if your entire round is going to hinge on it. I can get this way. 
I hit one bad shot, okay. I hit two similarly bad shots, okay, what's going on here? I hit three of the same bad shots, all right, I've gotta fix this immediately. So I spend the next 10 minutes trying to figure out what went wrong and find a Band-Aid for today. That's a very normal thing to think and do. So many players do it. I, I would argue that every player does this. We want to hit it good, and we're hitting it bad, so what can we do to go from point A to point B? But what problems does this cause? This can lead to losing the plot on what this time is even for. Yes, there's value to adjusting feels when something is off, but generally speaking, the warm-up is for warming up, getting loose, getting a feel for how your game is, not how you wish it was. Getting a feel for how your body is today, not how you wish your body was. Getting a feel for how your swing is today, not how you wish your swing was, or how it was last time, or how it was in your lesson, or how you hope it'll be on the first tee. Now, this isn't easy. I'm saying as if you can just magically let go of the need to control your game and make it how you want it to be. But this letting go of control is counterintuitively how you gain control in the form of freedom. When you stop trying to make your game do something it's not doing, and you just let it be what it is for this round, you are at least subconsciously saying to yourself, it's okay to not be perfect right now. Mistakes are going to happen. And they might happen because my game isn't exactly how I want it to be. And that's okay. I want my swing to be better, but there's a time for that. And that time is not right now. Right now, my game is what it is. So let's go out there and play imperfect golf. This letting go of perfection and embracing the permission to make mistakes creates a freed up environment. If you're allowed to make mistakes, that means you won't be afraid to make mistakes, which means you can swing away with freedom. You're not going to swing like guidingly and protectively against potential mistakes. You can let go and swing with freedom. So now you're heading to the first tee, having thoughtfully gone through your pre-round warm-up with the purpose of developing an environment of acceptance and freedom, which brings us back to our two golfers at the beginning. You're now set up to be that second golfer, which will sound a lot like this. You know that your game isn't going to be perfect today, so you're going to allow your swing to be flawed and be at peace with those bad shots. Mistakes can come and go, and they won't fluster you. Negative thoughts can pop in your head, and you can let them come and go. You can go with your first choice of club or read on the green because you can accept the consequences. And if you change your mind, it will be a decision thoughtfully made. And because of this general mentality of acceptance, you can be just overall more happy with yourself. That's the ultimate purpose of an effective pre-round warm-up. To get you into a place to have a round like that. A round where you walk off the last green happier. All right, everyone, hope you learned a thing or two about how to go into your round of golf more from a place of acceptance and freedom and how having a more thoughtful pre-round warm-up is vital to being able to do that. If you like this episode, you'll probably like another Golf That Thursday episode that I have done titled Plan Your Practice the Right Way. It's basically along these same lines of being less mindless and more thoughtful about how you spend your time. Just applied to practice. That episode was released on July 20th, 2023. I highly recommend you go back and check that out. 
And as always mentioned at the end of these episodes, what you've heard isn't therapy. It's meant for information and entertainment purposes only. If you feel like you need personal help on some deeper things you're going through, I encourage you to go talk to a licensed professional. But on the golf psychology front, if you feel like what you've heard doesn't quite cut it and you'd like to work one-on-one with someone, I'm a golf psychology coach. I work with the players all over the world on improving their minds so that they can improve their performance on the course. If you'd like to get in touch with me, feel free to send an email to mentalgolfshow at gmail.com or you can visit my website, joshnicholsgolf.com. And if you're interested in a more well-planned, thoughtful practice structure, something more mindful, not as mindless, practicing the way that I did to get good enough to make it to the finals of the USGA Championship is the way that you're going to want to do it. And in order to do that, you're going to need a custom weekly practice plan. So go to joshnicholsgolf.com slash practice dash plan, or go to the link in the show notes to learn more and purchase your practice plan. Or again, if you'd like a free resource with a much less formal intro to mental coaching, you could take the mental game assessment. It's a 15 minute questionnaire that'll give you your mental strengths and areas for improvement. And again, the best part is it's free. The link to everything will be in the show notes of this episode. All right. Thanks again to everyone who listens to the mental golf show, whether you're new here or you've been here since day one, I really appreciate the community that you have been a part of building. If you learned something on this episode, go subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Maybe mention the biggest thing that you've learned listening to the podcast underneath those five stars. And I would love it if you shared this episode with a friend who maybe spends their entire range session trying to fix their swing and and they carry that into their round. They definitely need to hear this episode. Okay, thanks for listening to The Mental Golf Show. I'm Josh Nichols, and I will catch you guys next time.